This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Making the most of now. Young women in Otatahi Christchurch, New Zealand, talk about living through the earthquakes, the mosque shootings, and the COVID-19 pandemic. These oral histories were recorded by Louise Tapper and Rosemary Duplice. Thanks to the Christchurch branch of the National Council of Women, the Collaborative Trust, and UC Quake Studies. Raywin is 30 and is a sole parent of 11-year-old twins. She tells us her story. Can you tell me a bit about your life at the moment? What's happening in your life at this moment? Um, I I live at home with my twins. They're 11, a boy and a girl. Uh, I do voluntary work for (laughs) party. Um, So I spend my days answering emails and talking to people on Facebook and coming up with ideas and um, all that fun stuff. Uh, I look after my cats, which is a big job. Um, so how many cats do you have? Well, I have three of my own, but uh, the neighbourhood cats come over a lot and eat at my house and they'll sleep. I've got beds everywhere. You know, there's always a cat in my house that doesn't belong to me. So... Um, so I spend a lot of time looking after them as well. <laughs> so can you tell me something about your neighbourhood? You live in yeah, Aiden's um, Lake? Yeah, so the street that I live on, um, there's a lot of state houses and ex-state houses. Uh, I used to live one street over, which was quite rough, um, and it, my mental health was not good at that time. Um, there was a lot of fighting on the street, um, a lot of unwell people and I had to move so I moved one street over it's nice and quiet um the kids school isn't too far away yeah I quite like it I like it yeah and was it difficult to organize that move from where you were living to where you are now no I when I applied for a state house I got it within three days um and then when I wanted to move I moved very quickly um they listened to me and uh I had a good reason to move so yeah Oh, that's good. Mm. And at the moment, you've been going through renovations in your state yes, house. Yeah, yeah. So my bathroom and toilet are getting redone because of water damage. So that's been difficult having people in the house. Um, but they were meant to only be at my house from nine until three during the week, but they've been turning up early and leaving late. And yeah, yeah. But I'm getting through it. Yeah, so you've been through a busy time yes, with that yes. um, improvement to the yeah. bathroom and the toilet, yeah. but you're getting towards the end of yeah, it now. Yeah. yeah, I'm just not used to having people in the house all the time. It's uh, I like my space, and um, yeah, it's been difficult, but it's it's good. Okay, and did you have an intensification of the work you were doing for the party? Because we've just been through an election, mm-hmm. so did the amount of work you were doing in admin speed up as you got into the election um, campaign? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it started off, um, well, it started off I was clearing the backlog of emails that hadn't been answered. And then uh, as the election got closer and closer, things heated up and the questions got more difficult. Um, I have a lot of questions come through about policy. And I knew nothing of politics before this year at all. And now I know a lot. Um... Yeah, and I've been, I've, yeah, they do, they give me a lot to do, um, because then I, 
I make sure that I do things well and thorough. Um, so yeah, it had definitely sped up and got very busy and I thought that it would drop off a bit after the election, but it hasn't. <laughs> um, still doing the same amount, so yeah. So that's your life at the moment. Could you tell me a bit about what you most remember about the Canterbury earthquakes, which started September yeah. 2010, but went mm. on for quite a long period of time? Yeah, the September one, um, it didn't feel significant to me. It was scary and I felt it, but I think at that time in my life, I'd been through a lot of difficulty and it was just another thing to add to the mix. And so I just took it on and that was fine. The February one was um, significant for me. Um, and the one thing that I remember the most was um, the kids, uh, they were one and a half and they were playing outside on the path by a concrete block wall. And I had this feeling come over me. I just, I, I don't know what it was, but I went outside and picked them up and put them in the middle of the kitchen floor in their high chairs, which I never did. Um, and then two seconds later the earthquake hit and uh, the concrete wall came down. So I, yeah, um, that was my moment of, yeah, yeah. So it came quite close to mm, you oh, in yeah. terms of the risk. Yeah, that could have been really bad. But I, th I don't know if it was a maternal instinct, I don't know what it was, but something alerted me to danger or something. Something happened, yeah, yeah, so... That was the moment that I sort of, yeah, sh it shocked me. It, yeah, it, it touched you then. Mm. So, where were you living at the time? We were living in Linwood, um, by Eastgate Mall. So, uh, yeah, one of the worst hit areas. Yeah, but my, where I was living in a um, in a little place, a dead end um, cul-de-sac, and um, we didn't have look look liquefaction yeah we didn't have any of that which we were the only street in the area that didn't so we got lucky and were neighbours supportive at that time of yes you, yeah. were you a sole parent at that time no no um, I was with still with uh, the kids dad we'd been together since 2007 um, and we were the only young ones on that street there were a lot of older older people so we had um we had a lot of people watching us. We all went out and sat in the middle of the street together and there were blankets and cookies and the kids were being spoiled to death. So they, they I don't think they, they, yeah, they weren't worried at all. They had everything they needed and one house had water and one house had power and one house had a barbecue and so we'd all just go where we needed to go and, yeah. It sounded yeah. like really fortunate community response Yes, then. yeah. Yeah, the challenges of the climate. it was really good. Um, the only issue was my landlord lived two houses down, and um, after the earthquake, he rose our rent by sixty dollars a week. Uh, to well, I, I he knew that there were lots of people needing houses, and we had one, and he could overcharge us if he wanted to. So we moved, of course. Yeah. So that, that wasn't nice, but... Um, so in that sense, the earthquake and the demand for houses mm, meant that the rent rose on the house you were living yeah, in and you had to go looking yeah, somewhere else. So yeah. where did you move? Uh, street, down, um, not far at all, just opposite sides of Limwood Ave from where we were. So that was nice. We stayed there, a few, well, I stayed there a few years. Um, my uh, The kid's father broke up with me. Um, at the end of um, 
not yeah, maybe six months after the earthquake, yeah. So yeah. the earthquake for you is a time of quite big changes in yeah. your personal life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, I think for me personally, I, from 2005 onwards was every year has been a big year personally. Um, but yeah, 2011 um, left and my nana died. Um, I was very close to her and we had the earthquakes and it was, yeah, it was a big year. Yeah. yeah. So the earthquake was... Epicenter of everything, I think. It all kicked it all off. Yeah, yeah. But there were a lot of other things that weren't earthquake-related that were happening. Um, I don't know if they were earthquake-related. With my nana, for example, she had a stroke just after the earthquake, and they think it was the stress from that, and so she came to live with me. Um, so I cared for her for a while. And then leaving, um, I've always wondered if it would have... It, it may not have gone so wrong if the earthquake hadn't happened. Um, the stress from that definitely didn't help. Um, yeah, yeah. And then moving, we wouldn't have had to move if, you know, so, yeah. So the earthquake was associated with a yeah. series of stresses and risks mm. and challenges for your grandmother yeah. that had an effect in mm. terms of your health, well-being yeah. and your family situation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and at the time it was terrible, but now I think actually it's good, you know, it's a good thing that it happened, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else about that earthquake period that was relevant for you and important in your life? There's a lot of things, I think, a lot of things, but there's not one thing that stands out specifically other than it being a year that... Um, Every aspect of my life changed. Every single thing about my life changed, yeah. In yeah. that 2011, yeah. the year of the February mm, break. Yeah, yeah. I got back in contact with my dad. Um, my mum was living in Wellington. She moved back, um, lost my lost my partner. Um, and your nana? And my nana, yeah. Moved house, became a single mum, and yeah, it was, yeah. A big year. Positive, though, I think. Positive in terms of the direction for the yeah. next few years? Yeah. yeah, 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 positive in the sense that I wasn't, I wasn't happy before the earthquake. Um, and I think it just propelled me. It changed everything in my life so that I could sort of recreate it the way that I wanted it to be. Yeah, on my own, yeah. Yeah. That's a decade on. I know, it doesn't feel like it at all but yeah so let's go back to the time of the mosque shootings mm. because that's just last year mm. march 2019 yeah when did you hear that it happened and did it yeah. have any impact on your life in any way uh yeah i was sitting in my kitchen i heard the sirens uh which isn't unusual for me because i live in linwood um they fly through near my house to go on their way to Brighton or Aranui or wherever they're going, so it's not uncommon, but I remember sitting there thinking um, they weren't stopping and they, there were more and more sirens and more and more sirens. I'm going, this is strange. So then uh, I grabbed my phone and saw on Facebook and on stuff.co.nz and, you know, everyone's talking about it and I'm going, okay. So... Um, I didn't panic. I don't panic. Um, I get anxiety, but I, 
I think I handle emergency situations quite well from experience. Um, so I went to the lounge to stay away from the windows because I didn't know where this guy was. Um, and I actually got a bottle of wine out of the fridge and poured myself a glass. I don't know why I did that because I'm not much of a drinker, but um, at the time I felt that I, I wanted a glass of wine. Uh, and I turned on the TV and I just sat and watched and I got very emotional um, about it. I have Muslim friends, I have non-Muslim friends, and um, I just, it was, um, it's just not necessary. And so I was really upset about that, yeah, yeah. So did you participate in any of the public events associated no, with that? No, I didn't. Did you, did, um, you didn't visit the memorial wall or anything no, like that? No, I haven't, I haven't. Mm. I... I st I'm a very emotional person, I'm very sensitive, and I, if I was to go to something like that, and there was a lot of people that are feeling emotional, I'd probably get quite emotional, and I can't leave it there, I'd take it home with me, and so I, um, but I watched everything online, um, I watched the live streams, and, and, you know, I spoke to people about what had happened, and um, there's a family um, from Somalia, down the road from me, um, and they were affected, and I've spoken to them, so, yeah. So in that yeah. sense, you were very connected yeah. to what had yeah. happened. Yeah. So, my next question is, what effect did the shootings have on Christchurch, do you think? Do you think it's had an effect on the city? I think it's had an effect on the people. Um, you would hope that it would unify people and bring them together, um, and I think in some ways it's done that, but in a lot of ways it's caused more separation. Um, for me personally, uh, I I know people who are in gangs, um, and it's it's getting worse from what I can from what I can see. Yeah, um, I think it's becoming our differences are becoming more obvious, uh, and it's turned into a competition or who's right, who's wrong, based on colour or religion or, you know, and yeah, I think it's becoming more prominent. And that's your sense coming out of the neighbourhood that you're in? Yeah, I think so. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people I know, the things that, you know, the the people I talk to online, um, through work even, you know, it's just, yeah, separation. Humans are separating themselves off into little groups and, um, yeah. I've noticed it's a lot more so now. That's since, intensified since the in the last year. I think so, yeah. Can you tell me what it was like for you in that first lockdown period in March? Um, yeah, it was, that was going into level four, wasn't that was it? Level, we were in level three yeah. for a few days yeah, and then, and then level four. four. Um, so it, was, it was quite exciting, actually. Um, I was interested in what was going on globally. Um, it was... I, I didn't feel unsafe. Um, I don't go out often. Uh, I joke, which isn't really a joke, but I, I live permanently in Level 4. Um, I like being at home. I don't have many visitors. Um, a lot of my communication with people is online. My work is online. Uh, so I was very comfortable. Um, I, I enjoyed it, and I actually uh, used it as an opportunity to get to know more people because... Everyone else was online, so it sort of expanded my world a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was it was enjoyable mostly. 
And yeah. so how did you manage the practical things like practical things, yeah. uh, like shopping and yeah. having basic supplies? Um, so things? I was very sick uh, in February and March. Um, I, I, it's funny, I, I seem to not have a lot of memory uh, about the day-to-day things because I was sleeping a lot um, for that first wee while. Uh, but with regards to shopping, uh, my mum would take me once a week or I would um, simply not go shopping, or I would go and get two weeks' worth of groceries um, so I could only have to go every two weeks. Um, I would shop online, which turned out to be a lot more expensive than actually going in. Um, so practically I was fine. I paid my bills online. Uh, I, I'm on the benefit, so I didn't worry about my income. I didn't need to worry about my house. Uh, I didn't worry about the kids. They were at home with me. Um, they were both really well behaved. I didn't have any stress from them at all. Um, I think the main thing was when I did go out, uh, I tend to get, I got a bit anxious because in the shops people would avoid eye contact. It's almost like if I look at you and you look at me, you know, there's this weird what if you've got COVID? And it was, everyone was so suspicious and, and everyone was stressed and um, that sort of made me feel a bit anxious and I didn't like that. So I, yeah. Would you I, like to talk a bit about your illness over that time? Sure, yeah. Um, I I started getting sick in, in February. I think it was early February. And um, it was a bit of a funny throat and a blocked nose and, and then within a week... It was the worst flu I've ever had in my life. Um, and I've been sick a few times, but but when I get sick, I usually recover quite easily. Um, I couldn't taste. I was sleeping every chance I got. Um, I, I, can't, I can't even... I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I got up in the morning and saw to the kids. Um, it's lucky that they were home, actually, because I don't think I would have been able to... Um, you know, focus on their schooling or anything. It was just, yeah, it was terrible. Um, And I couldn't get rid of it. I was sick until midway through March. I started getting better, um, but I have had lingering issues from that. Um, I've put on a lot of weight because I can't exercise um, the way that I used to because I'm tired all the time. Um, I can't breathe, I can't take a deep breath, um, I've had, I went into hospital recently because um, I have a heart murmur, uh, which has gotten worse and my heart was getting tired and so they'd put me on a medication that was making that even worse and so yeah, it's caused a lot of medical problems for me um, and I'm someone who's never had problems, I've always been quite healthy so yeah. So that was something that may or may not have been related to COVID-19, mm. mm. but it's certainly you got that flu mm. before there was a recognition well, yeah. of COVID-19 in it the was, I mean, I was sick. We'd heard about COVID. It was happening overseas. Um, I got really sick. But, yeah, I, um, I think I knew. I knew that it was because it couldn't have been anything else. I was... I was just, I've never been so sick in my life. Um, and then uh, I did call the doctor. Um, they told me to stay away, 
don't get tested because my symptoms didn't match. Um, and uh, looking back now, the, the last time I, when I went to the hospital, he said that absolutely he would have put me down as having had it. Um, so they're working on putting me down as a historical case so that I can get um, assistance health-wise if need be in the future, yeah. So you were struggling with your illness at the time you went into mm. lockdown, mm. but you're saying that you didn't have to, so many struggles in terms of being no, in lockdown. No, I was quite it happy wasn't in a lockdown. disruption yeah. to your life. Um, I, yeah, I, it sort of, um, it was really good actually that the world stopped and I was sick and I was, I was great because I could stay home and recover um, and I could sleep and do what I needed to do. I didn't need to worry about getting the kids to school. I didn't need to worry about them coming home. I didn't have meetings to go to. I didn't need to worry about anything. No one was coming over to my house. I wasn't going anywhere. So it was actually, it was nice that we were in lockdown because I could use that time to uh, look after myself, look after the kids. Mm. And your twins, a boy and a girl, mm. they were happy being home they and were. amused themselves They were mostly, uh, mostly. Near the end, they were ready to go back to school. They don't fight either, um, much at all actually. So the stress, the stress that other mums have had, I I didn't have that. Yeah, the normal stresses I didn't have. And did you have any contact with the school? Um, mm. And what you were you said you were helping them with schoolwork. Yeah. How did yeah. you know what to do in terms of helping them with schoolwork? Yeah, that was initially there was nothing, um, which is understandable because. No one had time to prepare. Um, but the teacher was doing um, Zoom classes, and I didn't know. No one had told me. And then she called me and asked why the kids hadn't been attending, and I said I didn't know that it was happening. Um, so the kids would then log on at 9 a.m. every morning, and the, the, the teacher wasn't teaching them. I think it was just um, a social thing. They were discussing things and talking about what has been what's been going on you know it was a catch up every morning um and she was sending through things for the kids to do but i can imagine it would be hard for people who maybe don't have good internet access don't have computers don't have printers um it, it was just difficult so i ended up doing things on my own with them um so we did a uh, we learned all about covid cuz one thing with my twins is I don't I don't gloss over things um if they ask me a question I'll answer it honestly and I wanted to know what was happening they wanted to know what was happening and I couldn't give them an answer because I had no idea what was going on so we did a little COVID um we did that we did these little experiments with the pepper and the dishwashing liquid so you could see how the germs spread and you know all those sorts of little things um so we did a lot of baking and yeah we did more practical things i didn't sit down and do schoolwork with them but we were waiting for um the hard copies to arrive um apparently the government spent a few million on hard copies of books and learning materials but we never got them but I was really looking forward to them. That's what I was wanting. Was I, I don't like screens, so, yeah. So you did have a laptop and access to the internet I did, so yeah. that the kids could yeah, do so, that um, to access the Zoom. Yeah, so I did the login things, and then they would, um, they would talk with their teachers, um, and then they 
would log on to Mathletics. Um, they've got a few learning apps that their classmates are also in, um, so they could learn together. Yeah, and they were both motivated to do that themselves. I would just check check that they were doing it, but yeah, they were. Yeah, good. So, um, what if you were thinking about what was most difficult about mm. that lockdown period? What would you say was most difficult? Uh, the most difficult thing would have been being unwell and having to be an emotional support person for everyone else, which I put myself into that position. Um, I'm the, I'm, I don't have a lot of friends. Um, a lot of my friends are through this little social group that I've sort of created within, within my work. Um, and my jobs, I'm a, I'm very mother henish and, um, so the difficult thing, I think, was looking after myself and the kids, but then also trying to find the energy to, to look after everyone else. Um, but it's a positive and a negative. I enjoy doing it, but, yeah, that was difficult. So when you were talking about this group of friends, were they mm, online yeah, connections? So yeah, Could yeah. you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so um, these are people that I... Uh, I When I first started with, with the party, I just had one person, one friend who who was asked to be a candidate for them. And so I moved over um, to I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there's a nice people, and um, I've made some really, really, really good friends through that. Um, I've met I've met quite a few of them in real life as well. Um, we've done video chats. We um, One thing that really kept me going during lockdown is we all downloaded this stupid computer game and we would go on Discord, which is an app where we can talk to each other and play at the same time. So even though... And these are social people. I'm okay not being social, but they, they needed that. Um, and so that was really nice to, to connect with people. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've, I mean, I've made I've made some really good friends, and it was nice because of lockdown. They were all online all the time instead of at work or at school, and I was always online. So we had we had these months of living with uncertainty and anxiety and stress. Um, and we all sort of came together during that time, and it's it's made some good friendships. Yeah. So you had that interaction at that time, mm. and that's continued. You've oh, yeah. gone on interacting yep. with those people yep. online. Yep, yep. We're still, um, we've still got group chats. We've, um, we started a group on Facebook, um, which has over two thousand members now, and um, we talk every day, all day, every day. Yep, yep. yep. So you have um, a big community out there, but yeah. it's an online, digitally. Mm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Activated community. Yeah, so I do have um, the once a week there are meetings for the volunteers in Christchurch, um, which I go, I don't go to all of them. Um, there's always events, there's always things happening, people meeting up, but there's not a lot of people in Christchurch, so uh, most of it's up in the North Island, which, you know, which sucks. But yeah. I went to Wellington um, for, the, for election night and... Um, we all had a big party and that was fun and yeah yeah okay so that's been over the when did you start being involved in this administrative in February work? In yeah February. yeah when you weren't very well <clears throat> you got yeah it kept involved. me going though I I I needed something to keep my brain going the kids they need me but 
they can also, they're quite happy doing their own thing and they'll come to me if they need me. But I needed something to keep my brain going or else I probably would have just slept and slept and slept and it would have been bad. So, um, yeah, so around around March, um, February I got involved. March I started doing the emails and things and that sort of kept me going, having these people to talk to and having um, having something to do that was outside of my four walls. Yeah, yeah. So thinking about, you've, you have spoken about what you liked about lockdown, mm. which was that some of the people who you were communicating with digitally online had more time because they mm. couldn't be at work yeah, exactly. and were in lockdown to interact yeah. with you. And then there's been continuity. Mm. You've established friendships and yep. forms of communication and involvement mm. in work that then continued after mm. that period of lockdown. Because yep. my questions next were, you know, when did things started to change for you? You know, the move to level, you went from things level four to change, level three yeah. and to level two and then one. Yep. So how did things change? Um, so when the kids went back to school, that was I, – I didn't mind having them at home, but for them – they needed to leave because it was just, they were getting bored. They were eating me out of house and home. Um, so they had to go back to school. So that was really positive. Um, and then everyone kind of got back to their normal lives. And I noticed that, you know, certain people weren't online between nine and three. And I'm sort of going, oh, this is, you know. So, yeah, I was sort of the, the contact with people, um did go down. We weren't needing each other as much emotionally because they, they were going back to their courses and their jobs and things. But I'm still, at, I'm still at home. So level three and level two and level one that happened for everyone else. But for me, um, it's the same. So, but I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But it, it did change, and there was a few weeks there where I'm sort of feeling a bit neglected, and I'm going, oh, you know, all my friends are gone. But no, they've. Um, we're we're we all still talk all day. It's just you know, yeah. So sometimes <laughs> even when they're at work, some of them are oh, able. Well, they have different shifts. There's always we have group chats. We have yes. um, we have this this group chat on Facebook where there's about there's about ten of us and we talk all the time about everything. We know each other's personal lives inside out. We we joke and um. Yeah, there's always people online, and it's really good because there's been times that, you know, one of one of my friends was having a really bad few weeks, um, and he came to us for help. And it's sort of, it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice environment to be able to talk to people who you don't live with or see on a daily basis. You sort of get more honest. So that answers. started and intensified in lockdown. Mm. Felt like it, it diminished yeah. a bit yeah, it as we went to levels three, two, and one. Yeah. And then it's, but it has continued oh, as definitely. a core aspect of your social life. It is my social life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't go out often. I don't get nights off. Um, the kids, they don't go to their dads. Uh, well, they do. They go for two or three hours a week um, after school one day. Um, and his his mum, so their other nana, um, she has them maybe one night every few months. Um, so really, I can't have a social life um, in real life. I've, you know, I can't leave the kids at home on their own. So I talk to people online. Yeah. So 
standing back a bit from that period of the lockdown and yep. then coming out of lockdown and thinking about the pandemic, mm. is there any way in which it's changed your life or the way you live? Um, if it hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't have gotten involved as much as I have done with So that has changed. Um, my health has changed. I used to go walking every day. I loved it. Um, and now I can't as much as I want to. I just get tired. Um, I guess, yeah, I can't travel. Um, I've been to Malaysia a couple of times. I probably would have gone back again this year. Um, but I can't. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess my travel options have gone down a lot. Um, I don't want to go to Australia. Um, so yeah, there are certain things that have changed. I think I think we're all. I don't. I can't see it disappearing anytime soon. I think life has changed for everyone. Yeah. The, the constraints on travel mm. and the expectations mm. that you will do that. So when you went to Malaysia, did the kids go with you or no, did your no. mum or someone went no, else uh, I went, them? Um, I went with my dad. Um, the first time I went was in 2016 um, for 10 days. Uh, and during that time, my mum and the kid's dad and his mum would sort of share them. Um, and then the same happened I went to China and then Malaysia in, was it last year? Yes, yes, last year, sorry my brain. Uh, yeah, last year we went in June. Uh, and again, my mum and, and the kid's dad and his mum shared the kids and they had a good time, but I, I got really homesick. I don't travel well. I love it, I love travelling, but I, for some reason... I always just want to come home. <laughs> and both those trips were with your dad? Yes, yeah. Oh, no, no, my dad no, was the first, first one, one, and the second one was um, my partner at the time, who I'd met when I was there in 2016, and then he moved over here. Um, we weren't meant to be together. That I was just helping him out until he could get uh, work, which he did, but then he sort of never left. Um, and we would, so we were together for from 2017 till last year, um, and uh, he left for work in September last year and he just didn't come back. He got on a plane and went back to Malaysia and didn't tell me. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that sort of adds to last year's drama and this year's drama, yeah. Yes, I can mm. imagine that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. you did say something significant had happened to you every oh, yeah. year. Since oh, every the time year. Of the Canterbury well, quakes. I mean, I left home at fifteen, and yeah, my life is just one thing after another after another. So, I'm at the point now where I can, I can take it. Just throw it at me, and I'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, the, these questions are about you know, its effects, mm. the, the negative effects is the restriction yeah. on your travel and things like mm, that. Yeah. But the positive effects have been, as a consequence of the lockdown, mm. the development Social. of these 
yeah. social friendships online mm. with people who had more time to be online exactly. and cement those relationships. Exactly. With it, you. it was like a crash course in, in how to make friends. Um, so it was. It was really good. So I've made these friends. I've got myself a job. I'm not getting paid, but it's it's given me something I've been looking for for years, which is um, I'm a mum and that's all I ever am. But I want to be something else, you know. I want to, I want to contribute. I want to have interactions with people who aren't my family and friends, um, you know, at home sort of people. But yeah, it's um, those things wouldn't have happened if we hadn't had lockdown. But you obviously have administrative skills. Yeah, you've got your I competent have no online. Yeah, yes. I, there was no experience at all. Mm. Um, I've I worked so before I had the twins I'd had jobs you know I'd worked at Kmart and New World and afterwards I'd done I'd done hairdressing as well and worked at BP but actually I hadn't worked because I can't because I'm in a state house if I get a job my benefit goes down my rent goes up I lose <laughs> so it's actually too I can't afford to work um so that's why I do volunteering and um yeah I, um, what was the question? Well, the question, completely lost my myself. question was, you must have some skills. You Oh, yeah, no, I didn't something. have skills. Yeah, I didn't. I developed you, them because I needed computer. to. You had a computer. You knew yeah. how to log on. You knew how to communicate. They taught me, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, so, so I came with, I came with some skills. Yeah, I came, I, I, I can communicate well. Um, I can relate to people well. I enjoy being given a problem and being able to fix it. I love that. Um, so... The tech team at would do Zoom calls with me and um, talk to me all through how to use their systems, um, which took... A, it's funny because I, I say I'm not a techie person, but if somebody sits me down and shows me, I get it quite easily. So, um, yeah, I was I, 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 had, I had the skills already there, but we've ramped it up a little bit and, yeah. Thank you. That yeah. sounds, sounds very interesting. Can we move now to mm -hmm. who or what has helped you during this lockdown period? My mum would take me grocery shopping. Um, I did ask for help from food banks a couple of times um, because I found with the kids being home, it was more expensive um, with them being home. I was spending more money online trying to keep them busy. I'd give them little jobs to do and then I'd buy them Robux to play their games um, and I uh, food was certainly more expensive um, at that time because they were eating more and I think I was eating more for comfort um, so and I, I wasn't nipping out to the dairy if I needed to get anything because I sort of I would only go out if I absolutely have to so um, I did I went to the Salvation no it wasn't Salvation Army where did I go I think I rang 800 Hungry, and so I got a food parcel from them, which was really helpful. It just bumped up the snacks cupboard, um, so that was good. But I, um, I don't, I don't tend to rely on people too much. Um, I never have. Growing up, I never did. Um, I've always just made sure that I can look after myself, which I did. And, and yeah, I did have a little bit of help from my mum, but. Um, 
no, I try and just do things on my own. Yeah. Sound very self-reliant. Mm, you have to be. <laughs> you have to be these days. Yeah. Do the kids get any support with food? Do they have a breakfast program or anything at their school? I've recently found out that they do, um, which sometimes they'll double up. They'll have breakfast at home and then they'll go to school and have breakfast again. Um, they have soup on Fridays for lunch. Um, but they, so I always, um, in the mornings, if they'll ask me if they want a sandwich, I make them a sandwich, and if not, they pack their own lunch boxes anyway. I have little containers full of things that they can chuck in, and they'll do that. Um, but, you know, the school, yeah, they have a breakfast club where they can get toast and hot chocolates, and then, um, yeah, on I think soup every Friday, I think so, yeah which is nice. Yeah. So they ate more when they were at home, but oh, yeah. that was partly because they were at home. And when they're at, they're at school, they were busy doing other things mm. and they weren't thinking so much about mm. food. Exactly, but also school lunches, I don't have to cook them. They're done, they're packaged, they're ready to go. Whereas at home, they want toasties and they want noodles and they want cooked food. So I was actually cooking like I'd do I'd do a cooked lunch and then they'd want proper dinner and it was just it was it was it was instead of having to do one main meal a day I was having to do two um yeah and, and they were just hard eating the, more and drinking more and yeah it was hard on the budget mm, it was but I I mean I figured it out I made it work I every week every week I just even now it's still hard on the every week's hard on the budget Mm. So if we're standing really a little bit further back and yeah. saying, here you are, you're a young woman, you're a sole parent, you've got these 11-year-old twins, mm. what do you think could be done in the city that would be helpful to people in your situation? Okay, well, the first thing, I've, I've got this, I know exactly, <laughs> the, the mental health system is not, it's failing, in my opinion. Um so I, I don't I, I can only assume that it's the same for other women because I've been through it. Mental health is such a huge issue at the moment and the support's not out there. Um and especially being a female woman, there's this idea that men don't ask for help, but actually I think I don't think enough women ask for help. They're at home with their kids. And if you ask for help, um you're weak and you're not a good mother, and, you know, you should just be getting on with it. So I think there needs to be more community support um, for women to connect with each other because uh, that's the other thing I think a lot of... There's so many mums out there that don't know any other mums, and um, that's that's what needs to be done. There needs to be more community. You need to know your neighbours. You need to know the, the lady down the road that's got the kid the same age as yours, and, yeah, there needs to be more of that. Um, but I don't know how to get people to interact, um, yeah. So that you would be think helpful. that there ought to be more attempts to initiate that? Yeah. And it could be face-to-face, -face, but mm. for you it sounds like it could also be online communication. I think face-to-face -face is really important. Online I can pretend that I'm okay. Um, I don't need to be dressed. I can be sitting there in my pyjamas. It doesn't matter if if I haven't showered for three weeks, which I have, but it wouldn't matter because no one would know. But I think the importance of, of women 
communicating with each other in real life is you could see your friend and you could say, hey, you're doing okay because you're looking, you're looking tired or, you know, it's hard to pretend that you're okay in real life. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's important that, that there's more interaction, you know, because we don't communicate anymore. You're on your phone all the time, on your computer all the time, and social skills are being lost. And mm. Well, thank you very mm. much for that. It's a really interesting contribution. Yeah. And is there anything else that... That would help? That you think would help? Or that you'd like to say about this extraordinary COVID-19 year? Um... I don't know if there's anything else that would help. I just think people need to s- stop hiding behind screens. But in saying that, what choice do some people have? And especially in America, you know, they, they have no choice. But um, I think one thing that, that COVID's done, that's, that's a negative thing that needs to be looked at, is um, people... Pe- People are seeing other people as threats now. It's like, you're a threat to my health because what if you've got COVID? You know, and that, I don't know if other people have had that, but that was my thought process when I was out shopping and, and I would see other people as a potential threat to my life. Um, which, yeah, and it's just, um, it's caught, there's been a lot of unsettled behaviour and there's a lot of crime and a lot of negative impacts that have happened. But I think that that people need to reconnect, yeah. And these these things would go away, you know, if people people are scared, they're at home, they're on their own, they're talking to people online and it's, yeah, people need to reconnect um, in real life so that they can see that actually it's not the big bad wolf that everyone thinks it is. <laughs> That's a great yeah. point on which to yeah. end. Mm. Very, a, a sort of positive challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and something that's been relevant for your own mm. life experience as yeah. well. Yeah, well, so I'm having to remind myself all the time it's it's okay to leave the house and go and, you know, meet people and talk to people because it's, yeah, I got so used to not doing that. Mm. Thank you. Listen to more stories from Making the Most of Now on Plains FM 96.9, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5 p.m. And get the podcast at plainsfm.org.nz, Spotify and Apple Podcasts.